This is episode number 110 with U.S. Olympian and Major League Soccer star, Robbie Rogers. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. My name is Lewis Howes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I've got a special guest on. It's a dear friend of mine that I've known for many years, Mr. Robbie Rogers. And for those that don't know who Robbie is, he is a uh, an Olympian. He is uh, was on the U.S. national team in the soccer, and he plays for the Los Angeles Galaxy currently. But when I met him, he was playing with the Columbus Crew, and he had won a a championship. He was an all-star. He was, uh, you know, one of the best players in the country. He's an awesome human being. And we talk about his story today. Robbie created history when he decided to retire, announced that he was gay, playing professional soccer over in Europe, and then came back to play here in the States with the LA Galaxy. And the conversation of homosexuality in sports has been a big topic for many years. And it's never really been accepted and it's still not accepted in many sports as he's uh, currently the only, only one doing it in one of the major men's pro sports right now. And uh, others are trying to, to lead the way as well. Others are opening up, but they're retired now uh, or they're not actively playing. So it's a delicate topic right now for a lot of athletes. And although many athletes are accepting it, some of the media is not accepting it. And there are a lot of people who are not in acceptance of it. But today we talk about the decision Robbie made to first look inside himself and start being honest with himself and then start being honest with his friends and his family and then be honest with the world and the process of which how he um, opened up and how he started to share this truth with himself and with the world. And we talk about he gives some good advice on the process on how anyone could take action and start opening up about their truth. And it doesn't need to be their homosexuality, but uh, truth about something, that, a secret they've been holding on to or a lie or just being truthful about anything in relationships, in business, whatever it may be, but opening up and sharing your truth. And it was fun to sit down with Robbie because uh, you know we've been friends for a number of years and I had no clue about any of this. So for me, it was interesting to really ask him the questions I've been wanting to ask him uh, for the last couple of years since this has come uh, to fruition. And I got to dive in and uh, have a fun conversation with him, an intimate conversation with him today. And uh, he's a dear friend, someone I care about deeply, and I'm so proud and happy for his success and for him opening up and sharing his truth. And I talk about also how he was the inspiration for me to open up with everyone here on my podcast about an experience I had with my uh, as a child going through sexual abuse as a child and I don't know if I would have fully committed to opening him up uh, in a public format without seeing what my good friend Robbie did and how he did it and uh, how the media took it and everyone had their own opinion and for me it's just a very courageous thing for him to do in his situation so and let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one and only Robbie Rogers. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. 
you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra sharp cheddar cheese. (sighs) We know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook Cheddar. Extraordinary Dairy. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast with my man, Robbie Rogers, in the house. What's up, Robbie? Not too much. It's good to see you, Lewis. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been too long. It's been too long, man. We, uh, for those that don't know, Robbie Rogers is a, a standout soccer player. He was on the U.S. Olympic team back in 2008 in Beijing. Also, you almost went to the World Cup in 2002. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> that's how we met in 2012. <laughs> is that right? Or was it 2010? Was it? Uh, 2010, 2010, 2010, Robbie was, was on the USA national team, uh, soccer team. And what is it? 30 people that they yeah. camp. Yeah. I was an alternate and they take 24 or something. 23. So you were like one of the last ones. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what happened? You walked thanks into the for, office. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> cool. I, yeah, it was, we had like a last game before the last cut against Czech Republic and, um, about two in the morning after that game. So probably five or six hours after that game, I got a call from Bob Bradley and he just uh, wanted to meet with me. So I knew it was bad news. Oh man. But how you were playing well in the, yeah, yeah. Playing well, the game went really well and had a great camp and I had a few of the players say, don't worry, Robbie, you know, you're going to be, you're in. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And And I think I let my guard down. Oh (laughs) man, that's too bad because you'd won a championship in the MLS the year before or two years before? Two years before. Uh, Columbus we won the support shield the next year. Uh, I think it was an all-star that year and um, then obviously went to the Olympics. So so you had a pretty good career. Yes, up to that point. Oh, <laughs> man. What was that feeling like getting so close? Yeah. And uh, it's it's tough because the Olympics is every four years, so you know you don't have that many shots yeah. at it. And so to be that close, but then and you just think about like, oh, what if I would have done this or if I would have done this differently? Yeah. Um, if I would have so scored was, one goal, exactly. then I would be in. Yeah, you just those things go through your mind. But um in the end of the day I felt like, you know, I, I, I did everything in my power that I that I could possibly do and, and I played really well and it just came down to experience and yeah. I was a young guy then. So it's tough. How old were you then? I think I was like 21 or 22. Yeah, man, that's tough. Yeah. But it's also, we would not be sitting here right now if no. that didn't happen. You don't. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. We, we would not be sitting here, not we to say met. that I'm better than the Olympics or than the World Cup, but uh, <laughs> because we actually were, you know, me and my former business partner, Sean Malarkey, were walking down in Columbus. You were li- living in Columbus. Yeah. We were walking down to go watch the game, like the USA game, I think, or one of the games yeah. at Cup of Joe. Yeah. Remember that? Cup of yeah. Joe? Or was it called Joe's or Cup, Cup of Joe? Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. I, was Joe. Sitting, I was sitting outside. Yeah, you were sitting outside. And I remember 
I don't watch soccer. I don't really care about soccer. But Sean goes. <laughs> now he does, though. I do now. Now that you play, I, I do now that I know you. He, he goes, I think that's Robbie Rogers. I was like, who? And he goes, Robbie Rogers. He's like, one of the best players in the crew. Don't you watch soccer? I was like, I don't care. I was like, how do you know it's him? He's like, he's got a tattoo that says like Lola or something, right? Lolly. Or Lolly. Yeah. And he's like, that's his tattoo. I was like, what? You're like a freak, dude. <laughs> and uh, so then I realized that my business partner was a stalker. Um, but I was also like, let's go say hi. You know, let's go chat with him. He was like, well, I think he's supposed to be in the World Cup, but I just he's not back. there. Yeah. I think I just got back the day before. So yeah. that was pretty emo. And, and you were by yourself, <laughs> like yep. writing in a journal or something. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, sad. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, are you Robbie? And you were like, yeah, what's up? And we just started connecting. And yeah. then we pretty I much. I watched the game with you guys. Yeah. We were like, come on in and hang with us if you want. And you yeah. were like, oh, I'm going to sit here for a bit. And then you came in. And we pretty much became good friends yeah. ever since then. We pretty much hung out like every day. We lived like two blocks from each other. Yeah, we almost the, lived together. Went to the quarry. Went to the quarry, cliffs. jumped off cliffs, got in trouble. We went to Nita's. Nita's, Impero, uh, all, Impero. The all the Columbus hotspots. It was uh, <laughs> it was a fun two years. Yep. And uh, I went to games. It was just like a good time. We played tons of ping pong. You, you beat me most of the time, even though they were all close games. And uh, it's just been a fun experience getting to know you and getting to hang out. And then you went off to to London, or you went to Leeds. To Leeds, yeah. And then played there. I remember talking to you and saying, hey, man, if you really want to go to the uh, World Cup, you got to go play in Europe probably and like show them. Because we were kind of talking about that. You were a little disappointed. And you visited me. or you were I visiting. visited you. Yeah, for the Olympics. I was there for the Olympics, and I went up and came yeah. hang out for, was it a day or two? Yeah. Stayed in your apartment up there. Yeah. It was a nice little town. Yeah. And uh, I was going to watch a game, but it was like four hours away or something, mm -hmm. I think. And I remember hanging out, and um, and then a couple months later- Something happened. Yeah. And then I came out. <laughs> I came out and then you came out. <laughs> yes. Lewis came out to London and then I decided I had to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was England especially. I mean, obviously, and I wrote about it. Um, you know, there was moments in my life where I was happy and could keep myself busy with soccer or busy with with other things. But uh, I was just kind of a little depressed and, and mm. dealing with my sexuality and coming from a very conservative family and from the sports world, I felt like uh, it might not ever be part of my life and I might not ever be able to be open to that side. So it was really in England where I kind of discovered myself. And, and I think right when you were like visiting me, I was I had a lot of alone time and, and time mm. just to think about things. And it was probably after you visited me, I think it was probably, I don't know, four or five months later that I came out to my to my family. So wow, I, was, I didn't look back. Crazy, and you moved to London. Moved to London to play with another yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it was. I moved to London. Just I went on loan. Uh, Leeds got a new coach, and he told me pretty much that I could go on loan somewhere because I wasn't going to play at Leeds and had a bunch of injuries. And even at that point, I was I was figuring out when I was going to retire because I felt like I couldn't come out and be a football mm. or be a soccer player at the same time. I thought it was going to be possible. Obviously, it is. I play for the Galaxy now, and and the league and and the football, the soccer world is very accepting, but. It was just all the things that happened in the locker room when I was young, all the little things that people said that really scarred me, that made me believe that it wasn't possible. So, wow. Now, what did the people say? Uh, I mean, I would get in, I mean, not me, but I'd be in the locker room when they'd be having discussions. Uh, like, for example, they'd say, like, how could a guy even be gay? How could someone go through the act of loving, like, another man? And when you, have, when you hear that kind of stuff and you hear it from a young age, it just, again, it scars you and... And uh, just makes you believe that it's just you're in an industry that isn't acceptable to or, or that's an bad opening. or yeah, that that's you're wrong exactly, that, and that's it's it's you know I again I come from a very Catholic family and my family's been very supportive but before I came out it was almost like it's such a sin and it's evil and wow. and 
And they don't really believe that, you know. And I know yeah. that because after I came out from the second I told them, they they've been very supportive. Your but family. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's like that. You know, sometimes people say things that they think they should say and not that they actually believe. And in the locker room, it's that like pack mentality where guys say things to kind of make other guys laugh or it'll just be like one of the dudes and they're just not sensitive to other things. Mm, interesting. Now, your family's been really supportive the whole time. You have yeah. amazing parents and, you know, siblings are all awesome. I've met them all. And uh, so was there ever any concern like before you opened up to them or... Did they mention things before, like you have to, you know, same sex marriage or being yeah. with the same sex is yeah, I grew, a sin yeah. or I grew up thinking that like, you know, same sex marriage was just not ever a possibility and that wasn't through your family or through, through my family. And, yeah, through my family, through I went to Catholic schools growing up, always part of a church. Um, so from a very young age, I obviously thought that, that was uh, a side of me that I had to, you know, keep away from people that I that I couldn't even accept. Um so, you know, that was really tough. And that's probably why I was so afraid to come out to my family. Sure. Um, you know, but you didn't want to lose them. As I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to lose them or I didn't want them to think like, oh, is Robbie now different? Is, is this not the person we know? And and I mean, I think even after I came out, they were still worried of that, even though they accepted everything that I was going through. But I think they've realized that like, oh, Robbie's a still a still same boring soccer player. <laughs> <that we do."> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> So that's cool. Now, was there ever been someone who hasn't been supported? Now, just to yeah. let people know, it's pretty monumental that you're the only active, unless, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't watch the news much, but know. you're the only actively uh, gay male professional athlete in one of the top sport, yeah. male sports yeah. out right now, right? Is, I mean, is there another person that's, that's out? That's a mouthful, but I think so. Right. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> There's no one else that's uh, actively, or not actively, but like- Actively gay. Who's yeah. actively playing, who's yeah. gay, I mean, I, I guess, you know, obviously Jason's re Jason Collins retired. Yes. He's a great guy. And Michael Sams, I'm not quite sure what is his- Is he playing still? I don't know. I don't know what his status is, um, but he was drafted, obviously. Yeah. And he made- He was on uh, preseason, I know that. Yeah, preseason. I think he was on the practice team at- Dallas, I believe. I try to kind of follow and like support that in any way I yeah. could, but I'm not quite sure what his status is. Um, but, you know, I think there's a few female athletes that are out and, sure. and playing and then there's myself. So there's not many of us, but I think hopefully that will change soon. Right. Now, what was, first off, you wrote a letter yeah. that you posted online. And yeah. I remember reading this letter because Sean, <laughs> my former business partner, Sean and good friend, he was like, he really is a stalker. <laughs> he goes, I didn't know this happened. And then yeah. Sean like texted me or called me. He goes, Hey, did you know what Robbie came out? I was like, What do you mean he came out? Came out where? <laughs> you know, I'm like, so this? <laughs> and he's like, Dude, check his website out. He just wrote a letter that he's gay. And I was like, What? And I was like, Yeah. It was so interesting. Uh, first off, I have so many questions because yeah. we still haven't really debriefed <laughs> on all this. Okay. Uh, but first off, what was that like writing that letter and yeah. how long did it take you to write the letter and what was coming up for you? So I wrote that letter two months after I came out to my family wow. and I wrote it because one of my friends um, just said, you know, you should be writing right now. Just like, you know, it's very therapeutic and it will help you gather your thoughts. So I wrote that just like one night. It was like really late in London. I was sitting in my, in my, in my flat, in my apartment and I just started writing and I, I, I remember, um, just sitting there and thinking like, you know, what is it that I would want to say to like other people mm. or what was I so afraid of and, and how do I feel now? So I wrote that and I just left it on my desktop for a few months. A few months? Yeah, I think like two months. Wow. Yeah, two months I left it there. And then I was in my flat with one of my friends, my apartment, sorry. Um, 
in February. There's some Londoners listening. They yeah. Understand. Yeah. You Londoners <laughs> get what I'm saying. Um, and he was like, just, I was talking, I was like, do you think I should come out to public or should I post this? This is what I wrote and I showed it to him. And he's the kind of guy that would only like make fun of me and never be like, oh yeah, that's actually like really great. He, but he said to me, he's like, this is like really emotional. And he got really emotional reading it. And I was like, oh, wow. Was he straight? Gay guy. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you should post that. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, just do it. Like, who cares? Nothing's going to happen anyways. And, and I was like, the internet. And I was like, oh, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe nothing will happen. And and maybe some people will say like, oh, good job. And pat me back. And some people might say like, oh, gosh, you're gay. Like, I don't like you. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. So I posted it then to social media and it just went insane. It, it was, was like trending like and like. broke going, the internet, I felt like. It was, I was like Kim Kardashian. You're, for a week, I didn't you have to get Kardashian. naked. Yeah, right. And I photoshopped. So, yeah, so it was kind of crazy um, for a while. And what was the, what was it like when you published it? What was the feeling felt so you good. felt? It felt Even like, before you saw any feedback. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see any feedback for a while. My friends, uh, I then went to get some drinks with my friends and get some food and they were kind of following stuff. So they probably did know that it was going to be a big deal. Maybe they kind of tricked me. But um, I... How did you feel right after I you felt amazing. I felt like like everyone... I can just start from ground zero that I'm wow. starting from scratch. Everyone knows who I am. And and I don't have this secret that I'm hiding from anyone. Wow. So it felt uh, absolutely amazing. And again, I like turned my phone off. I didn't talk to anyone. I mean, I didn't even tell my mom that I was posting that letter. And they were like, you should have told us. Because there was like people were calling them out. and people were calling my sister at work. She's a nurse and calling her at the hospital. To do interviews or and something. And I didn't see, I didn't realize that it was going to be a big deal. I just thought it was, you know, I was just coming out and that people would just, okay, good Support, for you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Supported her. Say yeah, something bad exactly. Or I didn't know that it would be such a big issue. So now did the sense of relief and ground zero, starting from ground zero, yeah. did that like yeah. continue or did you start yeah. to get scared no, no. freaked out or? no. I mean, it was, I was always like, I'd see people that like, so I came up to my family and a bunch of friends, but I didn't come out to a lot of people. So I yeah. knew that I was going to see people that like, I didn't t tell personally. You never told. Exactly. Like you didn't tell me. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to see people that like, yeah. I probably should have told, but I didn't. But like, how are they going to react? Yeah. Or like, are they going to want to like talk about things, get more personal? And I mean, that did happen. I was, I had yeah. to like be open about everything. And first for me, it was a little awkward just because I'm not good at being open about things, period. Yeah. So... It, it took a little bit of getting used to and then having to like, and I did my first interviews like a month or two after that in London with like the Guardian and the New York Times. And I was like, oh, like, holy crap, like I got to be open about everything. And I- They want to ask you every question. Wanna, yes, exactly. And and at first I was just, I'm a shy person. So it was yeah, it was hard for me to do that. But um, uh, I think that's that going into the detail and talking about stuff is really like what helps people and what hel mm. helps people kind of connect with it. So I'm happy I did it, but um, it was tough for me. Would you do anything differently- uh, no, the only thing differently I would have I would do I would have done when I was younger in my life would was probably speak to like a therapist or someone away from my family just mm. to kind of share those feelings with and just to like toss ideas around. I don't know if it, if I would have came out earlier, mm. but at least just to like get all that stuff out of me because I, I honestly sure. didn't tell anyone I was gay till I was twenty five, or even like and then even come to terms with it when I was probably like twenty four. When did you so, know about it? Or I must have known about it when I was like fourteen or fifteen. You know, like really? my freshman year of high school, I think, and I think even at a younger age, like. I probably on like a genetic level, I must have known because people would say the word like fag or gay or all those words and I would be really sensitive to them. Wow. So I must have like deep down known, I must have known Brilliant. somehow. Yeah. But I, I knew for sure when I was like just going to high school. Wow. Yeah. And you give some awesome stories in your book and for everyone listening, make sure to go check out Coming Out to Play with Robbie Rogers. Uh, it's all about his entire experience about opening up with coming out as an athlete and a professional athlete in in a you know in a world where it's not accepted yet 
in pro sports. And you talk about some uh, relationships with some girls you had in high yeah. school and what that was like and yeah. some some pretty interesting stories. Um, yeah. What did your girlfriends think? Um, like It's did, funny. I'm still like, like friends with all of them and like they're <laughs> yeah. all like, oh yeah, let's go out tonight and get <laughs> dinner or whatever because they love to have a gay friend. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always, I felt like bad about it. I mean, I felt bad about then and even now because I, I honestly thought that like if I met the right girl that like maybe I could be straight wow. and fall in love and like have this life that would be like my brothers or my sisters. So that part was like, you know, kind of sad for me to think about mm. those times, but also like, you know, you're, you're, I was kind of using someone. Yeah. And, um, so I felt bad about it, but all of the girls that I've like dated or hooked up with or whatever have been so understanding and sure. amazing about like it's just people if you give them a chance to love you and know who you are mm. uh and that's one thing i've like learned from all this it's like you have to give people a chance to really like get to know you and and give them a chance to just love you for you know even when you're insecure about things so right. they've been amazing and supportive and some of them came to my book party and yeah. one of my, my the last girl that i did just texted me this week and she's like i'm home let's go get sushi <laughs> i'm like are you sure you don't hate me <laughs> but no they're all they're all great that's interesting. Yeah. Now, One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. One of the things that's been cool about, uh, you know, our friendship and watching all this is that for years, you know, I told you about something that happened to me in my life when I was yeah. a, a child. And I remember thinking like, there's no way I will ever tell anyone this ever happened to me. And I opened up about it on the, an episode on the School of Greatness podcast about uh, having, experiencing some childhood sexual abuse. And uh, 
I remember feeling terrified just over the thought coming to my head that I would like even talk about it to one-on-one with someone. Yeah. And then I saw what you did and it actually really inspired me. I was like, holy crap, if Robbie can do this on such a huge level, then I feel like it's something I need to do. Yeah. Because it was holding me back. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like um, it was holding you back from performing at a higher level in sports? I know you started to get some injuries. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, do you feel yeah, like it was holding you back good, in I mean, way? it definitely held me back from enjoying the whole experience and enjoying life. Like, life, yeah. <laughs> life in general. But, like, being in the locker room and traveling with my teammates and winning games and going out to get beers after and having real discussions at team dinners. So now we have that kind of stuff. We talk mm. about stuff that's going on in the gay worlds and the straight, and we yeah. aren't too sensitive. We joke about things, and the guys will say, like, Robbie, you're the gen- you're a genius here. Like, you're the one guy that has figured everything out. You can go home and play fantasy football, and your wife's not going to bother you about it. <laughs> but yeah, my boyfriend and I will both work on fantasy football <laughs> together. But, I mean, just like we know, so we play and we joke. and, yeah, and yeah. um, You know, but I have real discussions with them. You know, I, I've had discussions with guys about – not being able to date till I was 25 years old and having to go through that awkwardness. And and they like will then get really like serious and emotional and we'll be at a team dinner. So it's just something that's that's not going to like on in, in team sports, yeah, you know, and that, but it is going on with the Los Angeles Galaxy, which is so amazing. That's you really know, cool. it's, 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 it's so crazy. You know, I'll, I'll come back to West Hollywood, you know, and hang out with some of my friends that are gay guys and talk to them about this stuff. And they're like, you know, it's just so different. In, in Such a different world. Yeah, and even my coach uh, after the book party was like, you know, Robbie, thanks so much for inviting, including us. And he's like, it's just, I met so many amazing people and, you know, we're just living in a time now where things have just changed so much. And he's been around forever. He's coached World Cup yeah. teams. He's been with the National Team forever. He's obviously been with the Galaxy for a while and has been very successful. And so for it to come from a guy like that that's seen so much and mm. so experienced, he sees the difference and and how the world of sports has changed. And um, it's just, it's, you know, the, the soccer deals with racism and, and homophobia and, and sports deal yeah. with sexism. So it's just everything's changing, I think, too slowly, but at least, you know, we're yeah. getting somewhere. We look at the Los Angeles Clippers and the owner, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. Exactly. Now he's being, lo- he's fired or he had to sell the, comp- the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Because of what he's been doing for years. Exactly. So people aren't tolerating... This type of uh, close-mindedness, yeah. This type of energy, this type of attitude yeah. or abuse, really, yeah. on all these different levels, which I think is pretty cool. And you're setting, you know, a great standard for people to to follow along. So it's been amazing. Now let's go back to Columbus because <laughs> I want to know about because we hung out a lot. Yeah, and we we had a lot of fun time, except when keep, we played lobster ball. <laughs> don't bring up lobster ball. I still have bitter about losing. Um. I never, you know, I remember one time your sister Coco came out yeah, and uh, we were like hanging out for a few days with her and whatever. And I remember being like, where's Robbie's girlfriend? You know, I was like, where's Robbie's girlfriend? Because I never thought you were gay. Maybe I'm horrible at like figuring that out. Hey, I'm horrible at it too. I'm like, I never know if people are gay or not And I'm I'm just curious, like, uh, you know, did it ever come up when we were hanging out or to talk to your teammates in Columbus crew? Because no. you had some really close friends, your roommates. <sighs> no, I was so closeted that like really? I didn't even like let myself like, so, like yeah, I wouldn't even talk to my teammates. I wouldn't even like let myself like say I saw like a good looking person guy in the street. Like I wouldn't even let myself like go to that place. I was like and it's really damaging. Again, that's wow. why I wish I would have spoke to someone, you know, like you so be able to talk about it, right? Just be able to talk about it. I was so closeted and afraid of that side that I just what like were you afraid really, of? Again, it was just being raised. Mm-hmm. I think the double, it's like the combo of like being raised in a very conservative Catholic family, and then being raised in the sports world. I mean, I've been a professional athlete since I was nineteen. Double whammy. Yeah, I went to like the residency IMG Academy. When I was young, played with the national team. You know, always played soccer since I was young, and and it's just the culture that's just yeah. um, 
not very accepting. It wasn't very liberal. And no, no, no. <laughs> and and you hear so many things growing up, you know, in the field and in the, in, from the fans and yeah. in, in the changing room. So I was just so closet that I, I wouldn't even allow myself any kind of attraction to men. I wow. was afraid to say anything to my sisters who like have been so amazing and accepting. And I'm sure if I would have, that they would have just been worried and wanting to like help me just and like, love on you even exactly more. exactly like, and like if i would have like told a person like you like you would have been able to just support me but yeah i was so closeted that i just uh and it's weird for me to say so closeted but i was just so just you were, scared man. yeah yeah you're right i know i just hate you're, the term closeted yeah That's of course <laughs> no i hear you it's interesting because you know i would say i'm a pretty liberal straight guy you're a very liberal straight guy. like i'm and i have relatives that are very liberal like yeah. have gay friends like would talk to me about them yeah but I, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what anyone said to me. Really? Man, I it's crazy. So, yeah, I know. It is crazy. You, you, know, you go crazy when you're closeted. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's interesting because looking back at it, I'm like, you know, I hang out with you and a, a lots of gay friends. I live yeah. in West Hollywood. It's yeah, like, I know. The, you know, the gay capital of yeah. the country or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I have lots of gay friends and have fun. And I remember, you know, I'm pretty affectionate as a guy. I'm yeah. affectionate with women. I'm affectionate with men. I'm like, yeah. I put my arm around people. Yeah. And I always like put my arm around you and like, just yeah. like, want to like give you some like manly affection, you yeah. know, not <laughs> gay affection, but just like, hey, bro, let's be yeah, bros. I know and, like, you. and you would like push me away. Would I'd I? be like, yeah, man. You'd be like, eh, okay, it's a little too much. You'd like, well, <laughs> sometimes you still do that and I, I still push I, you, you away. Do, you do. But uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's funny to think back on that and recognize that like you were just so closed off yeah. to like even going there on a friend level. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I think that a lot of my relationships weren't as deep and as, I don't know, and I don't know, just not as great because I was mm. kind of closed off to emotion and, and not being able to just totally be myself. So I would distance myself from people, uh, which again, is like very sad. And there's a lot of people that deal with this stuff like around the world that are closeted and yeah. guys that have been married and have kids and, and, and I, you know, guys still that have no, like, no, no one knows in their life and they're just, no, no, they don't really like, know who these people are. Yeah. And it sucks. Like you're saying they're living a lie, but like it's really, they're just, they're struggling so much with themselves. So they feel like they have to lie. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I get letters every day from people, so it, it's, it happens a lot. What do you feel like, uh, do you feel like you've made an impact in people's lives for them being truthful or being honest in their own life about opening up or yeah. sharing anything else that they're afraid yeah. of? Do you well, I like mean, just from receiving these letters and I've thousands and thousands of letters over the past two years, I know that it's made an impact. I don't know exactly, you know, what kind of changes people want to implement in their lives from from hearing about my story. But I know I get letters from people that uh, thank me on behalf of their partner. That like you know they were closeted with their family, and I just want to tell wow. you because it's helped our relationship so much. I've received letters from, again from like older men that are married and have kids, and they're like you know I probably will never come out, but like just your story just you know gives me like hope. So never, oh man, yeah. So it's just people from all walks of. I've received letters from straight people that are just like you know I've felt very different in my life for whatever reasons and. I, you know, if you can come out and be gay and play soccer and, you know, all this stuff, then I should be able to be open with my family about whatever. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it's yeah, I mean, you, def you, def I, you definitely made an impact with me because exactly, I saw you exactly, and I was exactly. like, you're like, no, I can do this. <laughs> I'm not gay, but this is like yeah. me coming out is like the scariest exactly. thing. It was like the we, scariest thing. I think me. people like all have a moment in their life where they have to come out if it's like, come out about having a divorce with their family, come out about changing religions, a breakup, you know, cheating on someone. There's just so many different things where I feel like people kind of have to just be honest with themselves and the people around them. So I think maybe that's why I've uh, been able to connect with a lot of different people, not just gay men and women. Amazing, man. What um, what's next for you? What's what do you want to come away from yeah, this experience? Next, well, the, first off, like the book would be a success to me if if people like in Middle America or places where mm. 
it's a little homophobic where people can like pick up the book and read it and connect with it. And if I can hear back from those people and, and that it's helped them in some way, that would mean, or at least to me, the book will be a success. But, um, you know, busy with soccer, obviously, signing another contract with the Galaxy and I'm hoping to continue to play with them. We have the, the Western Conference uh, finals coming up in Seattle and hopefully we can win that game and get to the championships. Uh, and then I have the show that's on ABC, um, Universal is this, the the studio and working with Craig and, and Neil, the guys that produce Oscars and some amazing talented writers. So we're working on the pilot for that. And uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to focus more on my relationships. I think this next, mm. this winter and this spring and kind of take some time to kind of figure out my life it's kind of like you're reborn you're like yeah you are you're like 10 years old and i think i mean i'm sure you even felt that way a little bit when you, yeah. you know, shared your story so you do you feel like, it's like you've never really been in a relationship exactly you never yeah. experienced this no you you don't get to go to prom with your boyfriend you don't go on your first date so you're 25 you don't know who's supposed to pick up the check or who's supposed to open the door it's like so many, whole... the awkwardness of of dating as a 25 year old you're supposed to do it you know obviously when you're like 13 14 15 and go through all you that learn stuff. for 10 years you make yes. lots of mistakes exactly and you're doing and then, it in exactly. a standard relationship yes yeah. gay you know yeah with straight people that's pretty public so yeah as um, opposed to yeah when like, you should be doing when you're like young and no one cares what you do and it's even a different di dynamics in a gay relationship obviously yeah. right it's like yeah. like you said well, who picks up the check who yeah, yeah yeah two guys i know what do you it's, do it's like well i mean i think what do you learn firstly i think it's easier because again <laughs> It's two guys. It's like sure. you know, but um, do you split the check or do you? Yeah, we we just split it. Whatever, up, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, We're still humans. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, what's it been like being in a you know experiencing relationships? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about uh, sharing a life with someone and mm -hmm. being, um, you know, just not selfish, I guess, and trying to th put someone else's needs before mine. But it's really difficult, especially when it's your first one. You know, it's you have to learn so much so quickly. <laughs> you and don't know what you're supposed to do, no, right? No, no, you don't. And and again, like you said, you, you know, for the first 10 years of dating, you like learn like, oh, this is good, this is bad. Like what you stuff. want, what you don't want. Exactly. But you're like, what and do when I want? And to stand up for yourself and when not to and all this mm. stuff. So I'm I'm learning that as I go as a 27-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is it you want ultimately? In your life yeah. with a relationship or how do you want your life to look moving yeah, forward? That's that's a good question. Um, I love to be like inspired by what I'm doing with work. So like, you know, now I really love football, mm -hmm. and, or sorry, soccer, and you know, I'll do that until I love it. And then when I don't, I'll stop. And to learn about, you know, the entertainment industry and doing this yeah. show with Craig Zayden, Neil Marin has been absolutely amazing. And the book process, I'm sure you know yeah. because you're writing one now. Um is again another process you have to be honest with yourself and you have to work through a lot of things that you kind of put in the back of your mind so uh it gets very emotional and again very therapeutic because you're writing so much yeah. um so i mean i want to always be inspired when i'm working and, and in terms of relationship it that stuff i think i just uh you know want to be with someone that um i can learn from and i can hopefully teach something mm. and that is like we both motivate each other and that we can sit and just be alone with each other for weeks or months. Mm. Uh, I think that kind of stuff is really important. Um, but you know, I'm still figuring it out. So I'll tell you when I figure it out. Perfect. <laughs> and what would you say, what would your words of advice be to someone who knows they have to, they have something inside them that scares them, Yeah. whether it be coming out or cheating or lying or whatever it may be, and they feel trapped. They feel like yeah. 
only bad will come from them sharing or talking about it. Yeah. They feel terrified of what the outcome will be if they do. Yeah. They feel like their family will disown them, the yeah. school, sports team, coaches, the world, the media. What message do you have for people who have something inside of them they've been holding on to for years yeah. about how to let it out and why they should let it yeah. out? I, I, so, and what I mean, would be a good I, process? We kind of like touched the two yeah. points, I guess, that I, that I would say. I would say, you know, you need to find, or hopefully you can find someone away from your family, away from your school or from your team that you can just tell, that you can just get all of those feelings, those negative feelings, you know, out and just to talk about it and discuss it. Someone that you can trust that's not going to tell anyone else. So, you know, so a therapist. A trained, a licensed exactly, therapist whose exactly. confidentiality exactly. is. They, they can't tell their, anyone. Yeah. Someone like that. So um, maybe not someone associated with your family no, either. No, no. Someone, someone totally separate from your life. Yeah. You know, someone in a different city that like doesn't right. know anyone that you know or just someone that is legally can't, you know, talk about your business. Sure. And then I would say... What do you think that'll do for people when they take that first step and they at least tell one person? For me, like once I told like one person, it just made me feel so good. And that like, wow, this is possible. Like I can talk about this. I can tell people Mm -hmm. and people have compassion and will help you work through it. And it doesn't have to control your energy. exactly. And that's what it did to me. So no, that's exactly right. It doesn't control your life, you know? And that's how I lived. I go to dinner with my family and I would have a cramp in my stomach because I was afraid that they'd ask me about... You know who I was dating or whatever, it's just something. I had to, yeah, lie about it, divert, divert, or like do something I'm weird. Just so, on soccer. Exactly. I'm just that was a good game. answer that yeah. I used to have. <laughs> but and then also like, I mean, from what I've learned from experience, I understand. You know, not everyone's coming out is the same. Actually, a lot yeah. of people have you know really difficult experiences. But I and my mom said this to me. She's like, Robbie, sometimes you have to give people that love you uh, a chance, like a chance to just love you and to yeah. to give them a chance to you know, to really know you. So, I mean, that's what I learned from this. And I understand that's not everyone's case, but mm. you know, a lot of friends that I've, that I've had com- that have come out and had initially bad experiences. Usually their family has come around and really loved them and were a little embarrassed that they reacted that way. So I think you just got to give people a chance. Yeah, what are they going to disown their, you know, son or something? Yeah, I mean, and, probably, and it probably does happen. Sometimes. It does. Yeah, it does happen. It and does happen. Closed off parents. I mean, it really does happen. But if if that's the case, you don't want to be around those parents no, anyways. And it's dangerous for you to be yeah. around them. So Man. I know. So you have to build a network outside of that and build your family outside of that. But life is just too precious and too short. I know it's cheesy, but you can't just you can't surround yourself with that kind of negativity. Wow. Man. Well, so you've got a. You got the book out right now. Everyone, make sure to go check out the book. It's called Coming Out to Play. I'll have it linked up in the show notes. So make sure to go back to the show notes, check this out. Follow Robbie on Instagram, on Twitter, everyone online. You've got a show also that you have optioned right now, right? So ABC bought the show from Universal, and now we're making the pilot. And it's about? It's called Men in Shorts, and it's about like this guy that comes out in the soccer world, in the sports world, and it's just like, it's a comedy. We're trying yeah. to teach people through through laughter and through comedy and give an insight of how ridiculous the sports world is, you know, the banter of the locker room and sure. traveling and how ignorant some people can be sometimes, but to laugh and play with stereotypes, you know, when you, you can, when you see that stereotypes are sometimes so wrong and off and you can laugh at that. And then sometimes when stereotypes are right on and spot on and we can just laugh about that as well. So, yeah. so this guy that comes out and, and, you know, his team embraces him, but there's, you know, difficult trial and difficulties and him going on his first dates and all that craziness. And then his family's like, really involved with his life so it's it's all that stuff it's not like really it's not based off my life it's based off some of my experiences inspired by yes inspired (laughs) i think that's the term that abc is using um and so i'm helping with story and creating characters and i'm a producer on the show and 
I'll be I'll be working on wardrobe. <laughs> oh, tough life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just you know trying to help out in any way I can. But the the writers are amazing. Robbie's the best dressed man in soccer right now. <laughs> I don't know if David Beckham didn't retire, maybe he would. <laughs> exactly. Now you are though. Yes. A um, couple final questions, and check him out on Instagram, Robbie Rogers. You can see all the the suits he wears. It's pretty. It's pretty good. A uh, couple final questions. What are you most grateful for recently? Uh, my real relationships, the people that like care about me, regardless of being a professional soccer player, regardless of the book, the show or anything in the past, you know, the people that actually, you know, if something bad happens, like you can come sleep on my couch or, yeah. you know, just that really care about me that, that, um, that ever, the, all the other stuff doesn't matter to them. So mm. sometimes I get away from that stuff. And when I get too busy with work or too busy with other things or get consumed with, with performance, you know, so, with right. soccer stuff. And so sometimes it's nice to have a little like check, a little life check and to remember those mm. people and um, just to kind of be around them. Mm. Cool. Before I ask you the last question, okay. which is what I ask everyone here, uh, I want to acknowledge you mm. as your friend. Thank you. That uh, I want to acknowledge you for stepping up and, you know, not to play on words, but coming out yeah. and opening up and being a powerful leader in the world, man, where so many people are afraid. And I was afraid for 25 years to open up about my yeah. inner, uh, you know, demons. Yeah. I acknowledge you for having the courage to step up and allowing people to love you and bring Thanks. you in and accept you because that's all I did and that's all all your friends did. And uh, I think it takes a, a ton of courage and uh, you're an incredible human being. So Thank you. I've always got your back and uh, I'm so grateful that we're friends and yeah. grateful for you for doing this. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um I've have I'm very lucky to have so many amazing people around mm -hmm. me, including you. So, you guys have all made my life so much easier. And yeah. and I always am sad when I hear stories where people don't have those kind of people in their yeah. life. So, I feel extremely blessed in that way. Um, you know, because I couldn't have done it, or I couldn't have been as happy at this point if if I didn't have people like you. So, yeah. thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Final question. It is, what's your definition of greatness? Gosh, greatness. I think just to live up to your potential, to not be afraid to like take risks and just like be everything and 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 i think you have potential but you also have to just work at it so whatever your calling is or whatever your passion is to just take your talent and to work your ass off robert rogers you're the man thanks brother <laughs> thank you there you have it guys thank you so much for spending the last uh, 45 minutes with us today and uh, listening to this conversation between two friends about uh, an honest conversation about uh, his decision and how you can make a decision to open up about anything that scares you, any truth you may have. I appreciate you guys. I would love to hear your thoughts over on the blog over at lewishouse.com slash 110. That's 110. Uh, make sure to check out all the links that we have linked up about Robbie, how you can find him on his website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Make sure to follow him. Give him some love. Check out his book, Coming Out to Play. It's out right now. Go pick it up at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. It's a great read and uh, definitely pick it up for uh, as a gift for a friend as well. Uh, someone who loves sports this Christmas. So thank you guys so much. Again, check out lewishouse.com slash 110. Leave a comment on the blog. Share this with your friends. Keep me posted. Let me know what you guys are up to. I love seeing you guys out in the world. Keep saying hi to me. Give me a high five or give me a hug. I'm always down to say hi. Love you guys so much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
with chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.